Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, episode 12, and I am your host, Demetrius Malbro. Please follow me on Twitter at dmalbro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, and also please consider joining my LinkedIn group, Backup and Recovery Professionals, which currently has about 16,500 professional members worldwide. Today on Data Protection Gumbo, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ken Shaw Jr., Chief Executive Officer of Infrascale. Ken Shaw Jr. serves as the CEO of Infrascale, and he is an experienced engineer and entrepreneur in the cloud storage and online backup industries. For the past 12 years, Shaw has founded and operated several software companies focused on building massively scalable cloud storage systems for backup, archiving, and collaboration. Shaw originally founded SOS Online Backup with two employees and has grown it into InfraScale with over 100 employees worldwide. So, without further ado, here is the interview with Mr. Ken Shaw Jr. So, welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, Ken. How are you doing today? Demetrius, I am great, mate. Thanks for having me on. All right, so... Disaster recovery as a service is definitely changing the game of data protection and backup and recovery. And there is a market of about $12 billion by 2020. And this represents an astounding opportunity for players such as Infrascale now and in the future. And there is obviously a lot of education on the benefits of having a service like this and also getting customers over the perceived security scares of the cloud. So with that said, Ken, let's have a discussion about your data protection solutions. See, so there is a rumor that InfraScale is able to recover from disaster within 15 minutes or less. Is that true? And how do you guys accomplish this feat, Ken? Yeah, okay. Great question. It is true, uh, and you're right. The the disaster recovery as a service market or DRAS market is exploding. Uh, What we're focused on doing at InfraScale is using the cloud to make disaster recovery simple and uh, simple enough for any business to be able to use it. So our promise is that, you know, with a, the push of a button, you can bring servers that have died, you know, back to life and have them running within 15 minutes. Usually actually takes a lot less than that, you know, a minute or two minutes or so or so, but we guarantee that 15-minute failover. And the main way we do that is by is by using the power of cloud technology in new and different ways uh, to really simplify um, and automate the entire failover process. Okay, great, great. And just spending some time on your website, I wanted to ask this question about, you know, how did you guys choose the phrase, be the failover MacGyver your business needs? in order to describe your cloud failover appliance. And I guess some of the millennials that were probably toddlers during the MacGyver series uh, that was ran on TV are probably not as privy to who MacGyver is. Can you explain that? <laughs> sure thing. Um, <laughs> so uh, this came actually from a, a webinar we did some time ago when we sort of do these QAs and Ask Me Anything sessions. And uh, it was an off-the-cuff remark I made, but uh, we sort of now use it a lot. 
There's two, okay. two things about MacGyver. I mean, you remember the TV show. Um, I do. Great TV show. First thing is he always got into incredibly difficult situations. He, he, he could have been kidnapped by terrorists or locked up by Russian separatists. or There was always some crazy scenario where he was in trouble, right? Right. But he always got out of it. So the first way we use the, the MacGyver reference is we want to be your partner. We want to give you our technology so that you know that no matter how tough a data protection situation you're in or more likely a recovery scenario that you're facing, we're going to get you out of that trouble spot. It can be 2 a.m., your systems can be down, there can be thousands of users waiting on you, and we're going to get you out of that tough spot. So that's sort of the first the first way we use it. Um, the other way we use it, though, is it, you know, every time MacGyver got into a tough spot and got out of it, he jerry-rigged some sort of device, you know? He did, yeah. So he could he could make a car out of kitchen scraps, right? And <laughs> the the sort of... Uh, that's actually kind of similar to, to what a lot of data protection professionals face. So when you're building a, you know, a sophisticated data protection rig, you're often combining a lot of different technologies that, you know, you might... You've got network equipment, you might need WAN acceleration, deduplicating, target appliances, software, storage boxes, cl- all this stuff, and you've got to figure out how to wire it all together and sort of jerry-rig it into a solution. And, you know, we don't think it should be that difficult. We don't think you should have to be MacGyver to sort of, you know, build a, a great data protection solution. So we've tried to put it all in a box and simplify it down. We call it our cloud failover appliance where we've pre-integrated everything for you. So I guess it's kind of like the Swiss Army knife, right? That is a good way of looking at it. It is a, you know, we try and make sure you've got everything you need to deal with whatever scenario you're going to face. All right, fantastic. So tell me about your appliance that combines storage, deduplication, and WAN acceleration along with support for all common client operating systems. Yeah, we call it a cloud failover appliance, and it's a sort of a thin cloud edge device. It's usually a one U or two U rack mount server, and it becomes the center of your data protection architecture. So, a few years ago at a conference, a partner jokingly said to us around this kind of same MacGyver theme, jokingly said, "You know, why do I have to put all this stuff together myself? Why have I got to buy from five vendors? Why can't I just have a magic backup box?" And we laughed about it. But okay. This kind of phrase, the magic backup box, stuck with us at Infrascale, and we we literally sort of ask ourselves, you know, what what would be in a magic backup box? And what we ended up coming up with, um, you know, which is the product, the cloud failover product, was we believe you need a hybrid cloud uh, device that combines network technology like WAN acceleration and over-the-wire deduplication with uh, cloud spillover functionality, similar to like the cloud storage gateways. But the idea is that, hey, this magic backup box shouldn't ever fill up, right? I should be able to send it four terabytes or 40 terabytes. And then we obviously want to build in all of the, the backup and archiving technology you would expect from a robust enterprise backup software, and that needs to support Unix and Linux and Hyper-V and VMware and all, you know, all of your major platforms. And then lastly, we want to layer on top this ability to boot dead machines. So if, you're, you know, if your pr- primary site goes down or your production servers go down, this device should be able to magically run those and even then move those workloads in real time out to the cloud, right? Okay. 
And so that's what the cloud failover appliance does. It sort of combines all that technology in a simple-to-consume, simple-to-use solution uh, that sort of has you covered for backup and archive, but most importantly for automated disaster recovery and with that guarantee that you can be back up and running in 15 minutes or less. Okay, great. So there's that 15-minute plug again. I like that. <laughs> All right. So disaster recovery as a service is a comprehensive recovery model that has made disaster recovery more affordable to, I would say, small and medium-sized businesses alike. And Gartner has calculated network downtime as losing about almost $5,600 a minute. So in this case, the recovery point objective is, is the key here. And what are some of the due diligence that companies should perform when, when choosing a solution like this, Ken? Great question, um, and an, you know, an important one. I actually gave a webinar about this this morning, sort of looking at uh, buying principles that you should use when you look at any DRAS solution. Um, before I answer your question, I just sort of one one comment, right, which is uh, an intellectual okay. comment. But, you know, in backup, we're always worried about moving data. And, you know, our recovery time objective is always about how long it takes to move sort of a chunk of data, let's call it 10 terabytes, from one place to another, whether that's tape back to disk or whether that's from the cloud back to local or or whatever. That's the, you know, that's often the, the core of that restore time. With okay. With DRAS, we're doing something different. What we're in doing is instead of moving the data back to compute, which is usually a new compute, right? So server blows up, I'm going to move data off tape to a new compute infrastructure. With DRAS, we're actually moving compute to where the data is, right? So, and that's sort of a, a mind flip people have got to do. So let's say you've got 200 terabytes sitting in the cloud or sitting in another facility, that's going to take a lot of time to move that back to production, no matter, no matter how fat your pipes are. But with DRAS, we're actually going to move the compute to the data and run where the data is and run our VMs over there. And that's what makes it so fast. Okay. So I would say the, the first thing to make sure you look for in a DRAS solution is that ability to do that. In the case of a disaster, can I boot where my data is sitting? Now, that could be out in the cloud or that could be in my second facility, or that might even be on premise, but that ability to to recover quickly because I'm going to I'm going to quickly virtualize machines, move them to where the data is, and run there. Um, and then if I sort of rattle off a few other things to look for, uh, the next thing I'd say is source side um, compatibility. Right, so you've got a lot of vendors okay. who just focus on one platform. Let's look at VMware. You know they've got their own technology for this, but it really only works with VMware infrastructure. Now, if you're running some Windows on Metal or Linux on Metal, that's not enough. So look for a, a DRAS provider who can handle bare metal servers, usually Windows and Metal and Linux on Metal. Obviously, you, you want to have support for VMware, but also support for Hyper-V. You know, Hyper-V is really coming up quickly as a new major hypervisor. Um, the next thing I would I would say is to look for services that provide user self-management, right? So there are some DRAS okay. services out there, like at the, at the higher end, from like the sun guards of the world, where you really can't actually go in and sort of fail machines over yourself. You've got a it's quite an involved process to declare a disaster and and you know actually exercise that failover. 
And then the flip side of that very same question is make sure that this is going to work for more than just a few VMs. So there's right. one one DRAS vendor I can think of, and I won't name names, but you know, in, when the servers go down, they can actually run one or two VMs on their device. Well, I mean, I've got a lot more than one or two VMs that I want to run, right? Um, right. So shameless plug for Infrascale, you know, with our devices, you can run 50 VMs locally and 200 VMs in the cloud per device, right? Um, okay. And so making sure you've got something that can really handle your production workloads. Otherwise, you've got something that's kind of nice and cute for test and dev, but it's really not going to have your back in a, you know, in a disaster. And then my last piece of advice, and this is actually the most important, so leaving the best for last, is look for a vendor that gives you a recovery time guarantee, right? Okay. In our case, we guarantee 15 minutes. Other vendors guarantee four hours. Other vendors don't guarantee anything. Um, but you've got to make sure that you get that guarantee because that way you're buying a business outcome instead of just buying a piece of equipment, right? You're, you're bounding your downside and you're sort of mi- – you at least know what your worst case is going to be. Um, so that would right. be my, my last, but probably the most important piece of advice I've got. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I do agree. The service level agreements uh, definitely are very important, and uh, a company needs to be able to stand by their service level agreements as well. So, Okay, talk a little bit about the major use cases that your data protection platform supports. Love to. So... You know, when we think about data protection, we're nearly always thinking about the data center, right, as, as professionals. Um, and if we think, if we go jump in a DeLorean and roll back 20 years, that's really all we needed to worry about. It was all pretty straightforward in 1995. Fast forward to today, and enterprise data is sort of sprinkled all over the place, right? We got right. some data out in third-party clouds, some data on-prem, uh, but a bunch of data out on endpoints. And... Whereas 20 years ago, that endpoint was probably a company-owned Windows device. Today, that endpoint could be user-owned or company-owned. It could be Macintosh or Microsoft. It could be a tablet. It could be Android. It's, it's a total mess, right? So right. the landscapes become super fragmented. Um, and so when we set out to build our magic backup box, we wanted to make sure we had an architecture that supported Of course, it's got to support your data center workloads, so your physical and your virtual servers. But it should also be able to do cloud-to-cloud backup. So if you've got infrastructure out in Amazon or Azure, you should be able to back that up, right? And it's got to support roaming endpoints. So it's got to support your your Mac devices, your BYOD devices, your your iPads, and your mobile phones. So when we talk about InfraScale, we've got four major use cases, Um, you know, Backup archive and, and DR for physical servers, for virtual servers, for roaming laptops, and then mobile devices. So all four categories of devices. Okay. And sometimes when you're talking about protecting data, you're not just talking about uh, backing it up and archiving it. Sometimes you need to destroy data, right? This is particularly true when you're talking about, say, laptops. Laptop gets left in an airport. The data protection step you need is actually to erase that device, not yeah, – right? Right, yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, so we've built that sort of technology in. So built into our cloud failover appliances, our cloud endpoint system, and that allows you to do things like find my device, wipe my device, remote formatting. Um, but then, you know, when it comes to your physical and your virtual servers, we've, we've got 
our enterprise backup software and archiving software, and then our DRAS layer on top of it, which is the ability to actually boot and run. Does your data protection appliances support any of the third-party cloud vendors such as Amazon or Microsoft Azure? I, I heard you mention that once before. Yeah, absolutely. So we started as a um, you know a cloud backup-only vendor. We didn't have the appliances originally. And so we built our own cloud, but along the way, we knew we knew the customers wouldn't want to get locked into having a single cloud vendor. So we built our any cloud technology, and when a customer asks us, hey, which cloud do I use? Our answer is your cloud, our cloud, or any cloud, which is, uh, you know, when we say your cloud, we mean your private cloud. So if you've got a second facility, you can install our software there, you can get the technology from us as software or an appliance, and you can just use your own cloud. And that, for, for the, the cloudophobes out there, for the guys who are worried about cloud security, that's the best way to go, right? Keeps it all inside okay. your own network. Then uh, our cloud, Infrascale, has its own cloud service that we run out of 16 data centers worldwide. Um, and that's a very turnkey service, and that's available. But we don't lock you into that, right? If you want to use Amazon, um, that's already completely wired up and ready to go. If you want to use Azure, you can use that, no problem. So we don't want to lock people in to a single cloud. Uh, we think it's important to preserve that cloud agnosticism. Okay, very good. So, so what are some of the top benefits of cloud-connected appliances from your experience? And what would you say to customers that are still heavily using physical tape for disaster recovery today? Well, look, tape is... You know, tape's been with us forever and probably will be with us for some time to come. <laughs> right. Um, so I would love to say, I'd love to say, if you're on tape, get off it. But it's not that simple. Um, there are a lot of companies that, a lot of organizations who are, who are you know, going to continue to use tape for the foreseeable future. What I would say, though, is make it your last line of defense, right? So, so right. I would prioritize a hybrid cloud or a dist-to-dist-to-cloud pattern as your primary data protection architecture. And then use tape as your last line of defense behind that. Um, you know, one of the coolest things about cloud-connected appliances and cloud in general is technology is moving so fast. The power of it is growing like crazy. And so things like virtualizing and booting servers on the fly, which five years ago, that was unheard of, right? Um, right. I was listening to one of your other podcasts, and there was sort of conversation about P to V and plate spin. And you know, five to ten years ago, the whole P to V thing was that was all the rage. Well, the truth is now, you know, we're doing P to V conversion on the fly in less than thirty seconds, right? Wow. That sort of innovation you just can't get with tape because there are still some Newtonian sort of physical limitations to what tape can do. So you, we're not seeing anything like the innovation. Um, you know, in tape land as we're seeing around cloud-based data protection. And cloud doesn't have to mean public cloud. It can mean private cloud, right? So the cloudophobes don't have to freak out about cloud data protection. Um, you can deploy all this in your own private cloud infrastructure. But the, you know, things like DRAS, which are incredibly exciting, kind of eliminating recoveries, getting RTOs and RPOs down to minutes, um, that sort of you know, those sorts of breakthroughs are happening now with the power of the cloud. And that's, I think, where forward-looking designers of data protection systems have got to turn their minds and, and start evaluating the new options that are out there. I agree 100%. So, uh, Ken, we're, we're just about out of time here, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on Data Protection Gumbo and to share information about your um, 
magic backup box. <laughs> and uh, I just I look forward to, to speaking with you in the near future about Infrascale and beyond. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, kudos on the group you're running on LinkedIn. You're doing fantastic work. And this podcast is great. I'd love to come back on in six months and we can share notes on what's been going on in the industry. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ken. Have a fantastic week. Thank you and send to you. I want to thank you for listening. I welcome your feedback on iTunes and ask that you provide a rating and share with your peers. Please follow me on Twitter at DMalbro and connect with me on LinkedIn. Together we will be able to add to the innovation of storing data more efficiently and smarter. Have a great week.